Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Oh, g'day everyone. It is time now for the uh, second edition. Well, it's round two, isn't it? Uh, the NRL Market Watch podcast is proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. These stories from North Sydney, they just never stop. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Thoroughly enjoying that. A very good weekend of round one for the tipsters here. So we're all excited about that. And to tell you what, there was almost dancing in the streets of the Gold Coast uh, following their famous victory against the West Tigers at Leichhardt. The usual suspects are in attendance. I'm talking about Tristan Merlihan, the number one seed up there at Top Sport. And of course, I'm talking about Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au. Ah, oh, Tristan, it makes that. Sponsorship. There I was just staring at the front of shorts of all those Gold Coast Titans players as they ran across for tries. And, and I don't know what you're saying, almost dancing the street, Jimmy. There was there was dancing <laughs> the street for two days. They're only just I'm just whilst in to do this podcast. Now it was a lot of a lot of excitement up here. Great to start the season uh with a win. And yes, uh the, the boys played pretty well. They they started a bit slowly. There's a few errors, but I think that was probably one of the big turning points from last year. They were able to to uh, be resilient and, and, and come back strong. So we'll see how they go this week. They've got another away game against the Dragons. But uh, as you say, we also backed a few winners collectively too. So um, a really strong start to the season. And what about those Dolphins? I still cannot believe the Dolphins uh, getting the upset against the uh, the Rooster. There was dancing in the street all Sunday on the back of those two results <laughs> up in Top Sport HQ as well. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you where they weren't dancing in the streets was the Kelly Hotel at James Street in uh, Brisbane because that's where Mr Politis and all the board members from the Roosters were staying and uh, a very sombre Sunday night, a very sombre breakfast on Monday morning. And, um, yes, well, I mean, if you were listening to the podcast last week and I did get many messages on uh, Sunday evening and Monday, um, we t- there were eight games and... We nominated uh, four winners amongst our bets. So a nice way to start. We had um, three from three collects. So that helps the kitty. Um, Jimmy, I, I keep going back through the recording. I'm sure that our lunch bet was the um, the Cowboys be covering the line by uh, half time last week. Yeah, half time, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, good luck. Good one uh, with that one, Jared. So let's go through it from like, what we like to do here. We go back before going forward. So your best bet was Manly Seagulls into the Cowboys to win. Now, that never got nervous at any point for you, Jared. I would have thought. <laughs> so well done on that one. Uh, now, Tristan, you were the, the Titans to win um, without fear or favour. So there you go. Took the $2.15 yeah, there. Took a great price there just before Bo Firma, unfortunately, did his ACL. Oh, yeah. Then, and they jumped out about two fifty about six hours later. But they, the, uh, yeah, sorry to hear about Bo as well, but they, uh, yeah, they, they got the result. Oh, it's amazing, very- isn't it? I mean, if that had been Jimmy's bet, we would have got the Jimmy Smith top fluck and we would probably got 270. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never seen a back row move a market like it. But anyway. Um, no, me neither. And then the Rabbitohs, what did I did something funky there? I was, go Cody, go Cody. Dummy and go, dummy and go. He didn't dummy and go. But anyway, we got the uh, $70 on the Rabbits minus four and a half. In the end, it was $2 that price. They did that pretty comfortably, didn't they? So... Um, uh, they look good. The, the the seagulls look good. The roosters look bad. The storm were amazing. Um, there's so many question marks around some of these other sides, which I know we're going to get through during the course of this 
podcast. So you better give us an update, Tristan. Where are we for Pass It On Clothing? 4,418 in the Ooh. kitty as we speak. So, yes, all those collectors you touched on, um, very, very impressive across the board. And, uh, yeah, 4,418 ready to go. Uh, remember, if you are enjoying the podcast, you can subscribe. Make sure you like it. If you want to leave a review, you can do that as well. We're across Spotify. We're across Apple, Megaphone as well. We're, you can watch us at uh, YouTube, uh, all over the place as well. So make sure you do that. We would appreciate it. Um, some of the talking points coming out of the, the course of the weekend, I think the biggest one is, guys, around the concussion. And it's – so there's the separate issue of um, player welfare, right? So, yes – you know, that's a very important part of this story and, and needs to be put in a box over here. However, the other part of it, impact on games of players leaving the field and what are some of the solutions to it? We've got a number of players that we're looking at this week, Tristan, that have all been named for their sides, pending concussion protocols. You've got some teams like the Rabbitohs. They've got, a, they've got Tavita Totola, who's a key part of what they do. They've got a five-day turnaround. So you just think, well, there's no way he's going to be playing in that one but it, look as I said very important the health issue associated with it but the rugby league issue is a big one as well oh absolutely and and you know there was a couple of turning points there in, in matches the Newcastle game and the Canberra game notably as well and um, you know, obviously Ricky's had a little bit to say but like it, it's a very very difficult balancing act because the welfare and, and health of the, the players is so paramount but by the same token you know like uh when key players are taken off in the last 10 or 15 minutes, um, you know, obviously there's uh, the, the, the fans have probably got a right to feel a little bit upset as well, but it's, it's, it's trying to get that, that um, you know, the, the best middle ground, I suppose, that, that, that fits all aspects of it. And I suppose having as much black and white as possible. And, and, and I think that's the, that's the, the key, I suppose. It just seems a little bit of uh, some inconsistency at the moment and, and it's just trying to get it as consistent as possible. And I think that's what will um, you know, get the fans, uh, you know, to, to buy into it because we all know them. We, and I think everyone to a man would, would understand the importance of the welfare and the health of the players too. So, I think I mentioned last week, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the independent doctor being in the bunker in Sydney. Um, I am a fan of an independent doctor, but I'd like to, them to be at the ground because I think there's so much other stuff that as the independent doctor around HIA, they need to look at. And that is, you know, straight after a, uh, a potential issue with a, a head knock, watching the player in the background, uh, watching the player come from the field, what happens on the sideline, all of those sorts of things, which are not necessarily going to be in any uh, camera coverage that he might be seeing in the bunker. Um, but aside from that, I am a fan of the independent doctor and I am a fan of a really strong approach to HIA. And I have to say, I'm really disappointed with some of the comments that have come out in the last couple of days around this. And so much of it's about self-interest and not about looking after the player the right way, in my opinion. And guys, in, in the AFL, they have a 12-day stand-down policy now for anybody that uh, has been concussed. I mean, you know, we, at the moment, we, we have seven... Um, and we have some players that on occasions clearly it would suggest have possibly come back too soon. Um, you know, 30 years ago, I, I remember working with uh, doctors when I was, you know, um, on my way through coaching who would recommend four weeks as a stand down. You know, it's a major issue. And certainly, Jimmy, you're right. It, it has an impact in games. If you've got a key player like a Ponga or a Hadley, uh, a Radley or, or, or one of these key players that play 
frontline positions uh, end up with a head in the wrong place or a knock and then are out of a game. It's a major turning point and how we how we play with an 18th player and some of those things, certainly we've got to tweak and get right. But we have to put the players' health and welfare first. I have great respect for Phil Gould, what he's achieved as a, you know, as a player, as a, as a coach. He was a coach of mine. He's, he's, you know, just incredible. Outstanding administrator as well. However, I disagree really strongly with him on, on these points. It's impossible to make it black and white because it is such an important issue. Uh, and remember that concussion's a spectrum. So you can't say, oh, you know, where are you on the spectrum? If you ever look at that vision of Jacob Kiraz and that wider shot that would have been that the independent doctor had a look at, he stu- like he stumbles. It's a stumble. Now that's a sign. And, yeah. and, and it, you can't have middle ground. Like you've got to go, right, get him off. 23 years ago, I was battling along in the English Super League. And if you got knocked out, which I did a couple of times, thanks very much, Shane Millard, for the head slam at the Willows, you, you sat out a, a, a week. Like that was mandatory. 23 years ago. Um, which it's just extraordinary, just extraordinary. So, um, and when you start talking about class actions, and we know there's the AFL one, and and I don't think there's going to be, it, it'd be very difficult to have a, a success as a class action. You might on an individual scale because, uh, you know, some coach encouraged, encouraged you to play or whatever it happens to be, but class action, no. However, however, you don't want to put yourself at the mercy of that. You need to be incredibly careful around that. I think, you know, it's and the and the other thing, the nature of the game. Guess what? Round two, eight games. There's going to be incidents. There there are absolutely going to be incidents this weekend, uh, and we need to be aware that that's that's going to be happening. Um, all right, why don't we get stuck into these games? Because uh, there are some really important games coming up, and it's it's only round two of the competition. So. Uh, let's go to it. What a cracker this one is. Thursday night footy, and it is the Panthers on the back of a loss first up and on the back of the loss in the World Club Challenge. They're taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who may well have been the most impressive side coming out of round one. So Scott Sorensen out with concussion. In the 17 comes Matty Eisenhuth. Um, Latrell Mitchell name, no Tavita Totola, no Jai Arrow. Daniel Saluka, Fafita comes in. Jed Cartwright comes in. Harme Sele and Tane Milne still out of this side. This is a really interesting game, Tristan. It's a really tricky one to price as well with the uh, uncertainty around a number of the Rabbitohs players. Um, obviously, <coughs> Luttrell um, had, had, had an issue there at training. So that's he'd be one of the key market movers at the moment, along with Tommy yep. Turbo and Bo Firmer, I guess. But um, the... Uh, the, the the fact that we've got a couple of players in a lot of doubt is is making it very, very difficult to price this market up at the moment until we get a little bit more certainty. So we have seen the market move quite significantly. It's $1.50, the Panthers, $2.60, the Rabbitohs. Five and a half is the line. Now, the game opened at four. It was four and a half in the marketplace. We went up a flat four, just thinking that the Bunnies were going to be very, very hard to beat on the back of how impressive they were. Uh, and probably Penrith otherwise, I, I sort of thought there might have been a little bit of value towards the Rabbits. But then when the news came out with Luttrell, um, it's moved all the way up to a flat six. And then when we got to a flat six, it got hit on its head and back down to five and a half again. So we're not certain where this one's going to fall. 38 and a half, the total points. Um, you know, Rabbitohs in form, but down on troops. I think Mitchell playing is factored into the market. And um, I don't know, but my expectation is that he does play. Uh, I believe that he was up and about at training. He didn't uh, stretch out, but he was kicking at goal, uh, kicking goals. 
Um, I'm, I'm sure if there were a major issue that he probably wouldn't have been doing that. I think the other twist to the market is that Totola and Arrow were probably not expected to be outs, and that's maybe also why we went from four and a half to five and a half. Uh, Sorensen's also a key out for the Panthers because uh, his work rate's uh, very important to them and what he does either starting or off the bench and more recently off the bench. Uh, I think both teams comes at, come out of very good games last week. You know, the Panthers, you know, they're still very scratchy at the moment. Um, as I mentioned last week, they've got 20 players that were involved in the World Cup. So they've probably had a shortened uh, off-season and prep into this game. They're still, I think, very rusty in attack and trying to get right what they do out of nine and some of those combinations. They had 46 shots in the red zone last week and only came up with 12 points. Uh, I certainly think that we'll see that change at nine. Sonny looked very good when he came on. Uh, I'd certainly be switching that around. But their yardage was good. Their go forward was good. They still only leaked 13 points. They're in the game to the death Uh, against St. Helens. It was only 13 points that got them beat as well. So, you know, their defence is still very... Very committed. Yeah, the Rabbits, I like what they did. They've been strong the last couple of games, the Charity Shield and then into the last week. Um, the, you know, their forward momentum is very strong. I was hopeful that Ilias would take that next step this season. Gee, he looked good last week. But their record against Penrith is very poor. They've been one of the bogey teams that they've struggled to, uh, to beat. Each of the last four or, time, four or five times they've come up against each other. It's been very tight. But then the Panthers have been strong in kicking away late in the games. I thought it did look tight. Um, I can't get it to five and a half. I thought at the start I want to be with the Rabbits. Uh, but Penrith at home, off a loss, do look very difficult to beat. The challenge for the Panthers is that a couple of those guys who are away at World Cup duty uh, have to be playing for Fiji. That was the uh, dummy half and the left-edge back rower. Um, they aren't there anymore, uh, and didn't we miss them? Uh, the Panthers is so interesting, so interesting. Um, the, the, the bones of the team is there. He played 66 minutes, Mitch Kenny, and Sonny Luke played 27 minutes. And I'm I'm looking at that thinking, no, nah, no, nah, that, that, that's an imbalance. That needs to be rectified. You make a presumption that it is going to be rectified. Um, but if we go to the Rabbitohs, uh, Latrell obviously very important. The fact that he is kicking, like I heard, he, oh, he's kicking goals at training, but he's not training. I'm like, well, you're not kicking goals if you're not okay. So um, I, I anticipate that he plays. Um, you're right about Ilias. Um, he could have had three, uh, another try assist for Campbell Graham, but he ended up scrambling over himself. Uh, Campbell Graham was excellent. Um, and, and the fact that they did it without um, Jai Arrow and without, um, Tavita Totola for huge parts of that game is says something about what they're building. I love them at the plus five and a half. The Rabbitohs, I, I really do. I think they're, I think they are a premiership heavyweight this year. Um, I know it's a challenge going up there to Penrith, but uh, the Broncos showed it can be done. So I, I really like them at the line. Jimmy, uh, how many games did you have at the Rabbits? Uh, Forty-seven. Forty-seven. I can see the red and green um, shining through this season uh, in the, the Jimmy Smith household. <laughs> well, after the Roosters ran around, <laughs> the Roosters and the Tigers, I think, yeah, yeah, very red and green. Where, where's Cardinal it, and uh, Myrtle, we like to describe it Car- as. Here. Cardinal and Myrtle. Was it $12 you got on a Jimmy? $12. I can see self-interest shining there through too as well. What do they say? You always know it's trying. Well, they're not twelve. They're not twelve bucks anymore, Jimmy. No, nah, happened very quickly, didn't it? What is that futures market actually, Tristan? Yeah, the futures market has moved considerably after the first week. So 
The Panthers are now out to $4.40. The Roosters are out to $5.50. And the Bunnies, the biggest mover and shaker, into $6.50. The oh. $7.50. The Cowboys, $10. Um, Bronx, $12. They, they've firmed up well after their win. Cronulla in, out to $14. Manly into $16. They've firmed up a little bit. And the Gold Coast Titans into $51. They've got the <laughs> beacon on it as well. We knew, we knew that one was coming. Hey, oh. Jimmy, I, I, I've got some Roosters 650 that I'll be happy to sell to you for some rabbits at 12s. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that a little bit later. But as, yeah. we, as we were saying, Jimmy, you just got to back self-interest here. Right, let's go to uh, Friday night first game. It is the Eels. Uh, it went so close last week uh, up against the Sharks, who were thinking maybe they get their Dally M winner back. They don't. So that is the key, isn't it? Uh, uh, Sean Russell serving his suspension and is available. So uh, he comes in for Isaac Lumi Lumi. Uh, and so that's the only change to the Eels 17. Wade Graham out because he did challenge that. He's out for four weeks. Uh, Royce Hunt comes in for uh, Jack Williams, who's out with a head knock. Uh, so that was the elbow injury there. Connor Tracy in for for Wade Graham there. So again, this is a, an interesting... I thought they played well, the Sharkies but didn't get the cash against the Rabbits. They did, and the, the Eels, uh, they played well, and then obviously Cam Munster dragged the storm over the line there, which, um, you know, when you've got a team like the Eels, where I think a lot of people were writing them off, probably a few of us included in the preseason, and they've got a game or an opportunity to go down there and, and, and get a result, first game of the season against the Storm side, and they just come up short. It'll be interesting how that sort of flows through the mentality if they can't get the job done this weekend where they're $1.52 favourites, Cronulla two fifty five and five and a half is the line. There has already been support at the plus. The uh, Sharks have been backed into $1.85 with the Eels out to one ninety five, and 40 and a half is the total points. I think early in the season, this is a, a crucial game for both of these sides because uh, yeah, one of them is going to go 0-2 and, two and uh, both of them wouldn't have uh, expected that at the start of the season. Well, when you're handicapping games, it's all about opinion and, and then numbers and, and alike. But, gee, I'd love to get hold of the calculator that some of the market setters have used this week on a couple of these games because I just can't get close to some of the positions. And this is one of them. I've been against the Eels since the start of the season long term. Uh, I think they've got major problems in the middle. Uh, I know they've got Lane and Matheson and Brown out, but uh, their strength either side of the ball uh, in the middle, was showing up against the Storm. And let's not forget, the Eels were at home. The Storm had nine outs. They lost Munster for a fair part of that game and or Munster being able to play at his best and got beat. Um, yes, it might have been in golden point time, but they had a lot of opportunity to put that game away and couldn't and didn't. And I just thought it showed up a lot of my longer-term concerns around where I think they've got some issues. Um, they were poor in making yardage. They got trampled in uh, uh, in defence through the middle. Um, in particular, when they got rotations, they got a major problem long time. They're really going to miss Oregon Confuci, uh, who I thought was coming to the fore for them last year. Sharks out of a good quality game, as we just touched on, against a good opponent. It's a strong form line. They made 14 errors, which is very unlike what they do. In particular, Molan and Moylan missed nine tackles, very unlike what the, the uh, Sharks normally like to do. A few things that they can fix up. They've got a good record against the Eels. It's a cross-town game, so there's not a lot of travel in it. 
Listen, I, I, I had the Sharks small favourites, so um, I want to be all over the five and a half. It just looks way, way too generous for mine. Um, I think the Sharks can win outright. I thought the Sharks at the start was a nice bet. Uh, a couple of things there. So you're saying the people working for Tristan are plonkers? Is that what you're saying, Jared? <laughs> That's what you I heard. The... <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard that, Tristan. And, and the oh, worst yeah. part, Jimmy, is that I set the line. So I think that's what <laughs> the people working for. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know. no, no. Listen, I love them. I'm sending them a crate of champagne. Just keep putting them up the way they are. <laughs> and, and and then the other thing that's uh, very disconcerting for me is that I'm I'm now two games in and I'm agreeing again with Jared. So I, I looked at this as a head to head option for the Sharks. I know I know no Nico, but Braden Trindle I thought was one of the Super. top five players on the field uh, in that game against the Rabbitohs. I thought he was excellent. Um, Moreland was a problem, like you know, and Fitzy won't put up with that. You know, no. Moreland he, he was a, he became a, you watch that game and he missed so many tackles he immediately becomes a spot player. Yep. That, that people are going to get at. Um, and so that's his challenge for this weekend. Beyond that, I was really impressed with the Sharks. Jimmy, just on that, he's changed the bench this week and brought Tracy onto the bench. And I think there's a little hint there that uh, I, he may well start with Moylan, but uh, I, that's where the focus is going to be. And, th- you know, three misses is bad at six, let alone nine. Yeah, and, and some key ones too, right, the, the, for tr- for tries and, and so forth. So um, that that's the concern. Um, here's the other concern that I have for the Parramatta Eels. Uh, this circus with Mitchell Moses and his contract, you cannot tell me it is not having an impact because he got agitated during the course of the week. He was asked legitimate questions. Well, hang on, you put a t- you put the time on us. Like, you, you know, no one, no one said other than you, oh, I want to get it done. Oh, I'd like to get it done. Now you're talking in semantics and now you're distracting yourself and you're distracting everyone at the during the course of that game you you watched from the 70 minute mark to the 84th minute mark just when you needed Mitchell Moses the 1.2 million dollar player to stand up and take control of the game like Harry Grant did like Cameron Munster did like Nick Meaney tried to do for the Melbourne Storm he was not cited and don't worry Dylan Brown wasn't cited as well too so so that's the concern and, and it's got to have an impact on the side I love the Sharkies at the plus five and a half could actually entertain them head to head what are they head to head they're 250 aren't they 255 yeah 255 yeah um and, and, and Jimmy just on that point the analyst made a very good uh, point on your show yesterday and a man who would be very close to some of the noises in the background that you know is Moses having a good look at is this the right team for me to stay with into the first opening weeks of the season before I sign a contract? Is the new number nine the right man for me in the next couple of seasons and or what's happening with our list? Or uh, is there a little little bit of bargaining going on around whether it's a four-year deal or a five-year deal and who offers what and alike? But you're 100% right. If this is not having any impact, I'll give up. The other point that was made in the in one of the commentary last weekend uh, by Michael Ennis, and it was a a very good point, is that uh, the number nine for the Eels has a little bit of an issue passing on one side of his body. And that certainly was an impact on Moses. And there were times where he did not get the ball and there was clear frustration or he didn't get the ball quickly. And that's the other thing too, right? How much is that is, this is what the coach tells me to do, and how much is it personality? Like, he's a very strong personality, Josh Hodgson, isn't he? If he yeah. thinks, no, I see something down a right-hand side or a left-hand side or wherever he happens to see something, he's taking it. Maybe Reed Marnie is more team-focused, says, recognises, okay, well, 
you know, Mitch Moses calls the ball, I give the ball to Mitch Moses. It's it's a really interesting dynamic, and that's how important it is between dummy half and first receiver. And oh, that's a uh, that's a shout out to the Penrith Panthers with Happy Coruscant and um, uh, Nathan Cleary. Hundred percent, Jimmy. And one's at the back end of his career, and one's at the start of of where maybe the upward curve of his career. And they really miss Mahoney. It's a big miss. Yeah, he was the, he was the Bulldogs' best. Um, that didn't take a whole lot to be the Bulldogs' best. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Friday night game. This is as good as it gets up there in Queensland, isn't it? It's the Broncos taking on the Cowboys, uh, both last start winners, both by a point. Reese Walsh is back. Can't wait to see that. Selwyn Cobbo goes to the wing and Jesse Arthurs is the 18th man. And guess what? Just like they did so many times last year, the Cowboys, as per your big league program, one through 17, Tristan, always a cracking game. Always a cracking game. And I, I just noticed at the start of the program when you went through the uh, what happened last week, you failed to mention that the Queenslanders went forward. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, they went five from five because Melbourne's Queensland's fifth side, remember? Very, very true, very true. So, <laughs> and the Warriors, well, I suppose we could even try to claim them. Uh, but the um, <laughs> the Broncos are $1.77. The Cowboys are two oh five. So a really, really even betting match. This is getting back to the, the I suppose, the rivalry we, we had many, many years ago where every one of these games would fall within a one-point band. And the, the market suggested we could get another absolute blockbuster Friday night. The line's gone from one and a half out to two flat. Broncos very impressive against Penrith. Uh, the Cowboys, they started really, really well, and then they held off the Raiders late. So um, coming up to Suncorp, it'll be interesting to see how these two teams go. But at the moment, there's been a little bit of a push to the Broncos, but it looks like it's going to be a fantastic betting game. 41 and a half is the total points. Well, when I was making some notes for this game, exactly the same. Remember it years ago, you know, we had that fantastic uh, beer commercial about here we go again, Manly and Para. Well, you could almost now rewrite the new version of here we go again with the Cowboys and the Broncos. I mean, some of their clashes over the last five, six, seven years has just been outstanding. I mean, we had a cracking grand final between the two of them. Um, they play attack. They love to really have a crack at each other. Um, I think if the weather holds here and the forecast is we might get showers Friday night, but it might be very late. I hope that's the case because I think we, we should see some, um, a game that really opens up with a lot of attack. I mean, Walsh is back for the Broncos. That's a big in. I mean, didn't Farmworth put his hand up last week? Um, yeah. How did they let him go? R- Reynolds had an enormous influence on what the Broncos do. I thought Ezra Mam. I mentioned him last year. The kid's a star. He's just going to be such a good foil playing out outside or beside Reynolds. You know, the Cowboys, we saw in the first 30 minutes, everything that's so strong. Uh, good about them. They did have a lot of ball. I mean, I think at one one stage late in the first half, possession was about 70% in their favour, but they, you know, got out to 18 points. It could have well been 24 points. Their weakness, as I touched in the preseason preview of the of this year, is that against the really good teams, they lack some application in defence and just fall away. And, you know, the Raiders came strong and could nearly have got them late. Um, a really small lean to the Cowboys. The game can go either way. I will tell you that the last seven times uh, they've matched up together at Suncorp, it's been points galore and points over. They have a long record of playing big attacking games with lots of points. I hope we see the same again. Uh, Small lean to the Cowboys. I think we get points in the game. 
Yeah, I think the traders done a much better job on this occasion. So well done to whoever it is that's putting the market together on this one. I'm going to let the market decide on this one. So dollar seventy seven the Bronx and uh, the Cowboys two dollars and five. Um, we we have talked a lot about the talent at the Broncos, and that was without Reese Walsh playing. And we saw, uh, you know, snippets of that as you talk about the Ezra Man right foot step to set up that Herbie Farnworth uh, try from the kick and. Um, now, Farnworth's looking at, well, I wanted to go to the Dolphins and play fullback. And Hamaso Tabuifido said, hey, look at me on Sunday after his outstanding performance. So um, that'll be an interesting one. We'll let Wayne sort that one out. I'm sure he will. But laced with talent, um, application there. Reynolds comes back and you're like, oh, fingers crossed on Adam Reynolds' health. And he comes out and plays superbly in his first game. Just controlled the absolute tempo of the game. Uh, and then the Cowboys exploded out of the blocks on the back of all that possession. And you thought, wow, they have just picked up where they left off. And then they got, uh, whether they got too lateral, whether they got a little lackadaisical, whether they didn't respect the ball as much as they should have allowed the Raiders to get back into it. But you get a sense that this is a game that they have their eye on, right? And during the course of any calendar and, um, you know, it, it's going to be huge. Suncorp Stadium. I'll, I'll go the cows at the market of the plus two, but, but you know, it's, it's a toss of the coin game, really. All right, let's have a look at this first game on Saturday. This is an important game for the Roosters because they were poor. Uh, I don't think there's any way to, other way to describe it. Um, Joey Manu is in. That's absolutely huge for them. Hutchison back to the interchange and Corey Allen. Uh, well, he didn't play, uh, but he's 18th man this week. So Fletcher Baker in for Matt Lodge. He's got a facial fracture and a question mark around Victor Radley and Brandon Smith. They're going through return-to-play protocols around concussion as well. Unchanged 17 for Andrew Webster and the Warriors. Ed Cozy retains his place, and Dallin Wateni Zalesniak still on the sideline. So uh, Jazz Tavanga still there as well. Very important game for the Roosters and their response in this one, Tristan. Yeah, it is. You're exactly right. And and the the punters have stepped into the Roosters to win comfortably in this game. The market opened at 12 and it's been absolutely smashed, gone from 12 out to 14 and a half. So $1.19 the Roosters, $4.75 the Warriors, 14 and a half now. There has been a push slightly back to the Warriors at that 14 and a half, 185 the plus, 195 the minus, 44 and a half the total points. Uh, as you say, the Roosters have got to bounce back after their disappointing first up effort. The Warriors, uh, it's amazing how, uh, you know, they got the result. Obviously, they've got a massive step up in class here. But, geez, their defence looks so much improved in that opening game mm. of the season against the Knights. Mm. Some of those one-on-one tackles, even Sean Johnson, uh, they pulled off a couple of absolute try savers, which I know Jimmy would have been enjoying. Oh. But uh, 14 and a half was, is the line now. And uh, if they can put in a similar defensive effort, um, you know, they might stay within that band. <laughs> Guys, you hear that? That that's my calculator. I've been doing that every hour for the last twenty-four hours, trying to work out how the market has this fourteen and a half. I, I, for the life of me, cannot see that gap. Let, let, let's go through these outs: Crichton, Lodge, Wirra Hargraves. I don't expect that uh, Radley plays. Um, Tupanua. There's four and and. Uh, yeah, Watson off the bench. There's five or six that would normally play in their middle. And then there's question marks whether Brandon Smith plays, probably does. Billy Smith's not there. Um, you know, Tupanua, I think I might have mentioned. It's a long list of outs. I just can't understand how we have four and a half between them. The other question mark then is what do they do in the middle? I mean, moving um, things around to try and prop up 
who plays uh, front row with both uh, Lodge and, and Hargraves missing. Then what do they do off those rotations? I thought when the going got a little bit tough after about 10 minutes into the second half last week, the Roosters just fell away really poorly. Um, they ended up with you know 14 errors, um, a busted injury list. I Gee, they're not hard to be against this week. I give the Warriors a, an enormous chance here. Now, I know their travel record into Australia has been horrible. Lost their last 12. Lost their last five against the Roosters. But it's a new season, week two, where they might well get the right opponent on the right occasion. And they come off a confidence-building win. The thing I liked about them too last week was not only were they gritty in defence, but they also had a little bit of a crack with the ball. They came up with eight line breaks. I mean, it's been many a year since the Warriors had eight line breaks, you know, possibly against a weak form line in, in the Knights, but um, a strong list. They've got no major outs other than uh, Tavaga. Um, gee, you know, give me four and a half any time of the week, and I've already had a crack at the 475. I reckon that this is the upset of the week. They say you lie with dogs, you catch fleas. So anyway, that's um, couldn't believe 14 and a half. Could not believe it um, for for all those reasons that you suggested. It must be end of contract time for Sean Johnson because he was throwing himself in tackles there at different stages in that game. Nickel Clockstar has made a huge difference, mainly on attitude, on the back of attitude. And yeah. I think that's what we saw in the, in, in the preseason, didn't we? The attitude of the Warriors to first up the fence. And that's Webster, right? Webster has changed the way they go about things, their application to defence. Uh, and it's clear that he's brought that Penrith mentality. And I know everyone that was involved in, with him at Penrith and at the West Tigers said, this guy's an NRL coach in waiting. So he's proven that well. You know, we're one game in, but he showed uh, the things that are important to him as a as an NRL coach, and um, they're the things you really like. Uh, they're well and truly undermanned the the Roosters, uh, and you start thinking about Adam Fanua Blake and um, that forward pack. Mitch Barnett was very good in an unaccustomed position in the middle there, but uh, that seems to be working for them as well. Love the fourteen and a half that's on offer for the Warriors in that game. Jimmy, that all-important staking plan that you've uh, been trying to convince Tristan and I with for the last couple of years, I'd be having 30 bucks all over, 475 and 70 bucks at the 14 and a half, and I reckon you might well get a collect on both. So there you go, by osmosis, you know, those those fleas are jumping off me, back to you, off you, back to me. So anyway, interesting to see how it goes. Second game in the history of the Dolphins, this is up at, uh, Redcliffe at KO Sports Stadium. So they've got the Raiders. So double travel in two weeks for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, would you believe that Wayne Bennett has able to pretty much keep his squad intact? Unfortunately, Ray Stone out with that knee injury. So Mason Teague out of the Panthers Junior Rugby League. He was captain of their uh, SG Ball under 19 side last year. He's going to make his NRL debut. So we wish him all the very best. No Jordan Rapiner of course, for the Canberra Raiders. Josh Papalihi is out as well. Albert Hopawate coming in. This 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 couldn't be two on the trot, could it, for the Dolphins, Tristan? Well, it has been a very, very strong push for the, the oh. Dolphins, Dolphins since we opened the uh, opened the market up. The uh, the line opened at six and a half. Uh, it was around about the 275 mark, and the Dolphins have been backed into $2.45 to win the game. The Raiders $1.55, and the line's gone from six and a half into four and a half. So moved two points. 42 and a half, a strong push uh, towards the unders so far. So fascinating contest. 
can the uh, Dolphins, can they get up after, obviously, what was a massive effort uh, first up? You know, they'll be buoyed by that confidence. The Raiders, uh, you know, they, they they got back into that game but couldn't quite finish it off. So, um, yeah, intriguing contest. Dolphins' first game at Redcliffe as well. So, uh, four and a half's the line at the moment. Gee, Tristan, they've been jumping out of trees that back the Dolphins in the last 24 hours, haven't they? I mean, that was six and a half yesterday. It was seven and a half the day before. The look-ahead line before the Dolphins ran out, ran out last Sunday was 12 and a half. Um, now four and a half. Gee, that's a that's a decent crack for a team having their second <laughs> ever game. Uh, at Redcliffe, once again, they'll be giving the jumpers out to try and create history at their first game as an NRL franchise at, their, I guess, their true home at Redcliffe. Um, Jimmy, I, I read yesterday, they've got 21,000 members already. That's outstanding, and I think that's three times what the Titans might already have. Oh, um, hang on. No need to take a pot shot at Tristan's Titans there. Eh? Well, I was trying to compare in the Queensland, oh, oh, right. southeast oh, okay. Queensland market, not necessarily have a crack at anybody, but you know, that, that's phenomenal. I, I would have thought if they were at 10,000, they would have been uh, going very well. So clearly there's a lot of red and white around town. They're up and about. Um, they'll take confidence out of last week. Big question going into the last week for mine was where do their attack and points come? Well, their number nine and their number one really stood up and um, they came up with five line breaks. They cracked things open. They got them going forward. I just question about how ordinary and flat the Roosters were and maybe that flattered the second half. You know, the Raiders need a win. They come off that game last week where um, they were strong late, but they didn't get it. Um but I like the fact that they looked fit. They had a lot of defence in the first half, yet was strong in the second half. I think that sets them up well here. But Rapana, Savage, Papali, their key outs, back-to-back aways. Listen, I marked them about six between them, but I'm finding the Dolphins really hard to put a number on at the moment. I'm with the Raiders. I'm just happy to go that way through the game. But, gee, I respect the move. That's significant. How many of those 21,000 do we know are the Rottweilers and the staffies uh, of the people up there in do we have any? No. Okay. No indication on that just yet. So thank you very much. But it's amazing how people get upset. Yeah. But all the, you know, half the South Sydney people are their pets and all this, all that sort of thing. But uh, anyway, not the case for the Dolphins, we believe. Um, incredible first up performance. They really did play well. And and the beauty of it, I'm watching Dawn of the Dolphins at the moment uh, on Stan. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting that they they go right inside the recruitment meetings and they're talking about Jesse Bromwich and, and Wayne says, look, I just want him here for his leadership. I just want him here to show everyone else in the squad what to do. I don't care if we get 20 minutes out of him. They got 44 minutes out of him against the Roosters and he was excellent throughout. And then, you know, it's it's no surprise that Jeremy Marshall King, who's got a great history with Wayne through Benji's brother, and uh, and then he goes there and probably plays his best game in his career. And Hamaso yep. plays his best game in his career at fullback. And then Sean O'Sullivan has absolute control. And all and Felice Cafusi said, "Well, I'm a leader here, so I better stand up." And he wins the Artie Beatson Legacy and, Medal. And and Mark Nichols, Jimmy. The goat, yeah, yeah. The goat, the goats had a a big crack and had a had a big day. And what about Kafusi? Dear, oh dear, there are there's some bruised bodies after that game. When he hits, you know you've been hit. And he did it on both shoulders, Jimmy. He was hitting people not only on his favoured right, but he cracked a couple on the left. 
and, and and that's the attitude, right? So if if his attitude's like that, and he's a guy who came back late because he was over at the Rugby League World Cup, so he came back, attitude right. And when you see a leader like that, you see a guy, oh, he, he's played for his country, he's, he's played for uh, Tonga as well, he's played for Queensland, then as a young player in that squad, and they've got plenty of them, they just follow. They absolutely follow those guys. So, uh, look, we haven't talked much about the Raiders. I thought the Raiders... Uh, once they had an equal share of possession, they were they were okay. They were much better. Um, crazy situations with short dropouts and all that with the Cowboys that got them back into the game. So they probably their own worst enemy. Maybe got a little bit of luck associated with that. But Rapin is a big out, uh, and of course Papa Lee is still there. I love the Dolphins at the plus four and a half. Oh. Wish I wish I got them at the plus twelve and a half from eight days ago. Well, Jimmy, if you want to get on, you can have the four and a half with me. Sorry, I beg your pardon. So if we. You want- I'm ready I'll, to go. I'll, I'll take the Raiders at the minus here. Yeah, thank you. Okay, lunch bet number one. Lunch bet number one there, Jerry. I thought minus six and a half was tempting. Now it's four and a half. Oh, I've got the, the Jimmy Smith underfluck. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing the number of people talk to me about picking up that. But anyway, anyway, uh, separate issue. All right, let's talk about the third game on Saturday. Oh, this could be anything. Um, Tyron Wishart. He comes in for Cam Munster. There was talk after the game. Oh, no, he might be playing next week. I'm thinking, hmm, compound fracture of the finger. Uh, compound dislocation. Uh, sorry. Uh, so Tyron Wishart, the 5'8". Aaron Penne into the bench, coming back from a rib injury. That will increase their power through the middle. Xavier Coates named to play despite that injury that he looked to pick up against the Eels. 1-17, uh, to 17, uh, the Bulldogs, after their big loss. Carl <laughs> Olawapu. So this is the one where everyone's staring at it going, mm, what week, what week. Um, he's 18 years of age. He's had one game against men. He comes up with a try and two try assists in their victory in the New South Wales Cup. So all eyes on Carl Olawapu. Uh, Tristan, what's the market on this one? Yeah, this, is, this has been a really tricky game to price as well. And um, I think the result of the Eel Sharks game is probably going to give a little bit of guidance here as well, just to see how that form line stacks up because – the Storm were in a bit of trouble when Munster went off and I sort of think he single-handedly carried them back over the line. Now they've got so many missing and, you know, for all the points we've already touched on, none of us who convinced the Eels were that great there on on uh, on Thursday night last week. We know how poor the Bulldogs were. Um, so, but they, they've obviously got some big wraps. So, geez, it's a tricky one to pinpoint where we put this market. It's $1.37 the Storm, three ten the Bulldogs, and seven and a half is the line. The line stayed solid at that seven and a half. There has been a little bit of support at the minus into 185 Melbourne, 195 Canterbury, and 39 and a half uh, the total points. But yeah, I'm not certain which way this one's going to go. Yeah, I, I found, uh, like Tristan, this this was really tricky to try and line up. I, I think it's seven and a half on the back of the fact that the Storm have owned the Bulldogs for so, so long. You know, the last three times they played them, 44-0, 52-18, 41-10. Last 18 times the Bulldogs have travelled in a state, they've lost 16. And of those 16 losses, I reckon about 10 or 12 of them have been absolute floggings. They hate getting on a plane and they certainly hate playing Melbourne and they hate playing Melbourne in Melbourne. So that's prob- probably why we're at seven and a half because when you consider that there's nine or ten outs, including Munster and, and Pappenhauser in particular, uh, but also, you know, Sims has yet to come back. They're still missing Kamakamika in the middle. Um, you know, Thompson and Pangai, big outs still for the Bulldogs. But uh, I, I know they had yeah, a few issues last week, but I just don't like the balance about what their lineup is in their forwards. They look really clunky and dislocated with the football. 
way too many errors, way too many missed tackles. And then in the second half in their trial against the Sharks and the second half last week against um, the Eagles, they just fell away terribly in defence. You take Mahoney out of that result last week, they get beat by 50. Um, I'm certainly with the Storm. I think they win. Um, and, gee, there's some mounting pressure on the Bulldogs for mine. Yeah, I think there's a bit more patience. I, I tell you what, I think, you know, the outside noise got everyone pretty excited about that. I think internally they're much more balanced about where they think they're at as far as the season goes. In saying all of that, they'd have been disappointed with the way that, that played out. And you can make all sorts of excuses. And the fact that DCE ran a mark and Tommy T was in um, third gear and he still was able to have the game that he had. Um, however, um, I agree, Jared. I think there's some some concerns there for the Bulldogs. You know, the recruitment's been good. Marnie was the best player for them by a mile as you say, uh, by an absolute mile. But, you know, they're struggling at fullback. They're struggling at halfback. Um, from what I understand, illness was a bit of an issue through the side as well. So this, here, here we go. We've got all these excuses for the Bulldogs. They never, ever, ever make excuses for anything, the Melbourne Storm. Um, you've got a compound dislocation in your finger. Okay, we'll get it fixed and go back out there and play. And that's exactly what um, Cameron Munster did. I thought Harry Grant was superb, absolutely superb. That's... One of the key matchups, isn't it? The two Queensland hookers going head to head. Um, but Grant is an out and out champion. He might be a top five player in the competition, uh, I think, based on the back of what we saw. He's a marvel, Bellamy. He, he is absolutely a marvel. And I don't think seven and a half is enough. I, I love the storm at the minus seven and a half, going home and, and really making a bird of it. All right, let's get to Sunday footy. This is another interesting one at Leichhardt Oval. The Tigers go back there after their loss in round one. They're taking on the Newcastle Knights after their loss in <coughs> round one as well. Appy Corris out. Now, he was named to start last week. He came off the bench. But anyway, let's see what's going on this week. Uh, Joe Offahengawa into the starting side. Alex Twal back to the bench. Seaforth comes in for Fanua Pole. I thought he was good. He's out with a knee injury. Concussion protocols for Sean Bloor. Brent Naden's got a knee injury. Tommy Talao, he just had cramps, so he's good to go. Uh, still learning the intricate plays of the West Tigers is their international recruitment, John Bateman. So he's going to wait another week before he comes back. Dane Gagai in for the Knights. Uh, Tyson Frizzell named, but again, waiting for concussion protocols there. Uh, Adam Elliott out. Jack Johns in. Greg Marzu, question mark around that one. This... It's uh, uh, an interesting game that becomes all important this early in the season, Tristan. Yeah, very much so. Very all important because we now have a new team that's equal favourites for the Wooden Spoon, uh, which I didn't think would happen that quickly. The Knights and the Dolphins are both $3.70 in the least season wins market. So if uh, depending on how uh, these two games play out, there could be an outright favourite after this game. Um, the... The market sees the Tigers $1.70, the Knights $2.15, and the Lions 2 and a half. Now, there's been a big move towards Newcastle. The line opened up at 4 and a half and $2.35. Uh, it's gone into $2.15 and plus 2 and a half. And even at the 2 and a half, there's been support for the Knights into $1.85. 42 and a half, the, the total points. Um, you know, the Tigers obviously were a bit disappointing there against the, the Titans at home in the season opener. The Knights, I feel like, as we spoke out with the uh, the HIA situations, they had a couple of key players removed at uh, crucial times. And then also when uh, they were on their, their defensive line, they one of their players taken out of the defensive line just before the Knights try. So there might be a few reasons there for Knights fans to feel a little bit optimistic going into this game, uh, heading back over into Australia. But, yeah, whoever loses this game, I think, has got a little bit of work to do for the rest of the season. 
Just on the spoon, I just will mention that the Dragons haven't played yet. And uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, that was 6.50 last week. I think they're 7.50 at the moment. Tristan, is that about right, the Dragons for the spoon? Uh, $4.20 at the moment, the Dragons. Uh, well, they were 6.50 a week ago. Um, the, 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 we'll get to the Dragons in a minute. But just on the spoon, the Dragons play the Dolphins twice and they play the Knights twice. I reckon those four games decide who finishes at the bottom of the table. So very interesting watch there. On to this one. Listen, uh, I put up on Twitter last Friday. I was very surprised that the Tigers were four and a half point favourites against the Titans. I tipped the Titans as suggested on the podcast. Well, off the back of that, I found a lot of newfound friends on Twitter from uh, the Tigers uh, brigade. Um, But, they had a lot of ball. They didn't use it very wisely. Gee, they looked to play a lot of sideways football instead of actually going forward and earning the right to do so. They had 47 shots in the red zone, yet only came up with 10 points. I thought Brooks was incredibly poor. Uh, listen, the strength of this team is if they can get Dewey in space and or create a hole for Naden, who's got a big body and strength. Um, but they've got to go forward first be- before they try and use the football. It might be one thing to be doing 20 passes each every time you turn up at training, but they also needed to be doing 20 tackles each. Key learnings, I think they improve. I think they're a better side than the Knights. I've got the Knights off a low base. I know that the Ponga off last week was a key momentum changer late in the game, um, but there's a lot of pressure around what they do, and... I just don't like their attack. It's just so obvious. There's these uh, regimental block plays and sweep plays, and they're so easy to defend. They just don't open holes or create an opening in the line. Against the Warriors, they only came up with two line breaks in the whole game. Back-to-back away, into Leichhardt. Have to be with the Tigers. Oh, this is an interesting watch. You know, Abby Coruscant came on the field. They were down 12-0, but he did change things didn't he? Uh, the problem that you get there with Adam Dwayhe, as you say, uh, with Brent Naden, Naden on the left-hand side, Dwayhe on the right, and ne'er the two shall meet. Um, That's right. The, the, the way they're doing it. So I, I totally agree. Like I'm looking at Luke Brooks, and I, you know, it's really easy to be a Luke Brooks basher, right? But you look at him and go, how, show me how he creates tries. Show me how he creates points and, and what we've seen already this year, everything positive that's happening for the Tigers is happening on their right edge and it's happening off Adam Dwayne. So, 100%. And, and, and you look, I'm looking at that going, it, it's so obvious to me. What, what am I missing? What am, what am I missing there? Um, but also, the, Jimmy, just on that same point, Dwayne looks to straighten to then create an opportunity, whereas Luke Brooks was running sideways and then turning the book all over with, with really bad passes or key drops. I mean, either side of the ruck was just horrible. Uh, the the Knights had that issue, obviously, around uh, with Caelan Ponga um, and their performance, you know, there was there was some merit in their performance, it must be said. I think we maybe underestimate the Warriors. And, and remember, you're getting on a plane, you're going over to Wellington. It's, you know, this is, um, it, it sounds like it should be straightforward. They're professional athletes, but we know that that has an impact. So, um, I'm prepared to forgive them a little on that one. I, I, I don't think we've got two sides that are going to feature in the top eight. Um, I think that's very clear. Um, but on the back of that, with the price that's been shown there, um, and with the record that the West Tigers have at Leichhardt, they've now lost eight of their last 11 that have played there. So the eighth wonder of the world has seen them lose eight out of the last 11. Um, not a good record there. I love the plus two and a half the nights. Um, I could even handle the the $2.15 going head-to-head. 
Put me in, Jimmy. Oh, hang on. Oh, here we go. Gee, this is candy from a baby stuff. LB2, I'll describe this one. A lunch bet two. So I'm going to get involved too. I'm going to stick with you, Jimmy. So. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I'd be much more positive about what the price assessors have been doing up there at Top Sports. So. And also the Titans members as well. I've, 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 I've got four pets and got 12 memberships. So it's... um. <laughs> Very, hey, every dollar counts, mate. Every <laughs> dollar counts. So, um, all right, we'll lock that in for lunch bet oh, number two. Well, yeah, my line's north of, north of four between them, so I'm happy to take two and a half. Thank you, mate. That's fine. My line's my line's one. So there we go. So, Beautiful. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to Sunday about six o'clock. Uh, I may not be available. Uh, very sketchy. Some of the uh, um, reception that we get out here. Now, this is going to be interesting. 6.15 on a Sunday uh, when my phone is playing up. Uh, the Dragons taking on. Here we go. The Gold Coast Titans. Um, let's have a look at uh, the changes that have been made here because there was a late announcement yesterday by the National Rugby League that uh, Talatau Amone was going to be available for selection. He hasn't been named. Jack DeBellin is out with a calf injury. Um, so that means Toby Couchman comes in for his first NRL game. Well done to him. The young Thoreau Butcher is going to make his debut. Uh, but there is no Talatau Amon into this squad of 17. He's been left out. Uh, Kieran Foran named. I think the word is that he's not going to be playing. Toby Sexton named amongst the reserves. This will be really interesting to see what Justin Holbrook does here because I thought uh, when he came on the field, Jaden Campbell looked really sharp. I love AJ Brimson, but I know he's not a passer, and you'll probably want to keep him at fullback. That's uh, that. Just the side they run out, Tristan's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it is, and 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 I probably agree with your thoughts around Kieran Foran. I think that it's a very positive thing for Titans fans because there was originally four to six weeks being thrown around and come down. So the fact that he's been named to be given every opportunity to play probably means that if he can't get up for this game, he's likely to play in the home game next week, the opening home game, which is still much more positive than we thought after the Tigers game. But the Dragons are slight favourites. They're $1.85. The Titans are $1.95. The Lions, one and a half. It's shifted in from two and a half. So there has been some early support for the Titans at that plus and 40 and a half, the total points. So, um, you know, Dragons at home, first game of the season. There's been a lot spoken about their off-season. The Titans will be buoyed by that win away from home last start. They'd love to start the season two away games, uh, crucial game for both sides. And um, and yeah, all eyes on Kieran Foran, but I'd probably agree with you, Jimmy, that I think he's probably unlikely. So the Dragons are four bucks for the spoon, are yet to beat an egg and are minus one and a half <laughs> at home favourites. Last against start winner. The, against a last start winner who won their last seven in Sydney. There you go. Um, listen, I think uh, Holbrook has, has said uh, in his press conference after the game last week that uh, he has trained uh, Campbell a lot at six on the on the basis that he wants to keep uh, the fullback intact and not move him around. Uh, I think that's mm. a good sign. I'd love to see Campbell start. Uh, the kid makes thing hap- things happen. I mean, I know he's got a frail body, but gee, he's just got skill and class about him. Um, I thought they started really poorly, the Titans, and they should have been down 12 nil. Their self-errors in the first 12 minutes were horrible, yet their grit in defence and their resolve, which hasn't been anything they've been noted for for a number of years, uh, just wasn't there. Yet they turned it around and just went bang, bang, and then went to a 12-2 lead 
got some confidence and then just kept going into the game. Like I said, they won their last seven in Sydney. Their record at Cogs not great, but they might give the Dragons a right week. You know, the Dragons are, have to be a little bit clunky and rusty first up. They've got four very key outs with Ramsey, Bird, DeBell and Amone. And by at nine, please, um, you know... At Cogra, I'm with the Titans. Um, I had them marked favourites, yet the market's got it the other way. You're having another go at the top sport price assessors, eh, Jared? So anyway. No, no, it, it, <laughs> Tristan's just inviting us in. Mm. I'm just glad that that Kool-Aid that I sent uh, up the road to Jimmy, uh, to, to Jared has been uh, consumed during the last week. It's been great. <laughs> no, it's fantastic, isn't and it? And I'm returning uh, boxes of champagne. Um so the other part of Dawn of the Dolphins, uh, they had a conversation around Tino Fasua Malaawi and and Wayne Bennett talked about how he tried to get him to the Broncos, um, tried to keep him there, but they just had so many players in front of him. And then when he went to South, he tried to get him to South. And then when he went to the Dolphins, he tried to get him at the Dolphins. You know, like I look at him and the difference that makes to the Titans side, what oh. a leader, still a young man, 57 minutes, uh, just incredible, the presence that he has out there. The thing I love about the Jaden Campbell, Thing, Jared, and, and you would know this, but just, you know, you look at him and you go, he stands that little bit wider at the scrum. So the player has to make that bigger effort to get to him. And he just makes him come that far that he just turns Brimson in on, on the inside. He's such a strong ball runner, Brimson. And as a result of that, the next defender can't get to him. And there's the game, right? That yep. just shuts down the game. Um, he will be a spot defensively. But, you know, he's got so much upside, Jaden Campbell. Well, the um, other thing too, Jimmy, is if, if we're looking at a very fit for feeder who's now just re-signed, so there's got to be a positive fill-up for that, playing on the left outside Campbell, that's very exciting. So he's a natural passer too, isn't he, Campbell? Like he's just a skilled player. And Brimson's not that. Brimson is not that. Brimson's a no. ball runner. And as much as we love AJ Brimson as a player, he, there's things that he can't do. But what he can do, uh, we saw at fullback, uh, and the early celebration too. I don't reckon Justin Holbrook had a little chat to him about that um, before he got across the line. Yeah, and an untested, um, what we saw in the preseason challenge from the Dragons, question mark, question mark. I think even the most devoted Dragons fan will have question mark, question mark over what they do this year. I think the price assessors up there at Top Sports done an amazing job and I'll, I'll take the, the plus one and a half and I'll take the head, the head, the Titans. All right, Jared, you better give us your tips. You better give us your uh, best. Jim, you didn't even leave the door open for Tristan. Uh, we're all on the oh, Titans and you couldn't yeah. even get a lunch bet. I, I was I was potentially going to go the other way, but no, no, I've, I've got to stick solid with the Titans. So. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Now, that would have been an audio piece that we oh, can't use. Hey? Yeah, send that through to Stevie Mitchell. See you make of that. Listen, uh, one of us might be drinking something and the other might be drinking champagne this week, but I'm with the Panthers, the Sharks, the Cowboys. Listen, I'm tipping the Roosters, but I give the Warriors an enormous chance of the upset. The Raiders, the Storm, the Tigers and the Titans have finished out the week. I thought the best was uh, the Sharks at the plus five and a half. That was, uh, I thought, uh, very generous uh, when I marked the Sharks' small favourites and I do want to have something about the Warriors head to head and at the line. If they don't cover a fourteen and a half, I give up. Yeah, right. well, I'm the same. I've got a similar sort of thought process to you, Jared. Uh, slightly different on the the Tigers Knights game, but the uh, the one that I'm uh, I, I, I probably feel the best my end as well as also the Sharks plus five and a half. The one I'm going to lob on uh, for our bet is the Warriors plus nineteen and a half. So we got all bases covered Ooh. there, and I am going to take your. Uh, 
your advisory, Jimmy. And I, I don't know if you've paid into the uh, the staking plan, Jimmy, but um, I'm going to take Jared's advice on the staking plan on this occasion and go 70 by 30 on the uh, the line and the head to head. Oh no, that's what you know. That's like an open source uh, coding situation. Everyone just gets stuck into the the all important staking plan. Um, See, they they say that repetition works. Now, for three years, Jimmy's been talking to us about thirty and seventy, and look what we're doing. Exactly, exactly. It's education, Jimmy. You've done the job. I'm going to go my best as the Rabbitohs plus five and a half uh, Thursday night footy out there at Penrith, uh, making a presumption around Latrell Mitchell playing, um, but I think he will play. And the the five and a half I really like. Uh, obviously, the Warriors plus fourteen and a half is uh, you want to be looking closely at that. And if you're going to have a lunch bet on anything, um, plus the four and a half, your Dolphins. Uh, I think that's uh, that's where a lot of value lives. So my oh, hundred value. My, <laughs> yes, yes. I've got my line at two and a half. Jared, so yeah. which way do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. It's an excellent question. Uh, no, it's just in favour of the the Raiders, but it's a great question, Tristan. So, 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 so just to Tristan, if we were talking pros and joes this week and key market moves, Tristan has to be uh, the Dolphins, doesn't it? Yeah, they've been absolutely smashed. They've been six and a half into four and a half, and I, I think what we're going to find this is going to be a really interesting watch uh, for the Dolphins. I suspect over the next you know six weeks, so maybe four to six weeks, because if they cover the line again in this game, then you know trying to price them up, you know you're probably then more inclined that it's it, it, they're the real deal. If the Raiders happen to come out and 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 beat beat the Dolphins comfortably, then where do you stick the line next week? So I think it's going to be a really interesting watch because every other team, you've obviously got many, many years of form line. So the Dolphins game is the hardest uh, one to price. And yeah, it's certainly been the biggest move, six and a half into four and a half. And I think it's going to be a very interesting watch for the next month. I should point out for listeners too, that last week, Tristan gave everybody the heads up about um, uh, the biggest hold was the Eels going into that game on Thursday night and the market later in the day went two and a half to one and a half and went to golden point. So uh, it's certainly a key pointer about what might be happening uh, in terms of either market move or where the real big holds are. Uh, all right, let's get to a racing bet for this weekend, Jared. Well, Jimmy, um, I am ducking out to Doom and today, but let's uh, see Dark Chill, his first step out. Uh, God give him speed. Um, but we'll go to the uh, the Ajax Stakes at Rose Hill on Saturday. Looks a really good meeting. Gee, we're, we're the Coolmore Classic, that's um, that's seen some of the best, including Sunline win. Um, that looks a cracking race. But I went to the Ajax Stakes where Waterford at the moment was $2.90 in the fixed early markets. Um, gee, I thought he just looked like he was going around for a, um, a bit of a, exercise uh, first up and and he's a, a quality European horse that Waller really has on the up. This is a big test because he's up against a, a good quality race, but $2.90 the early markets, Waterford on Saturday at Rose Hill in the Ajax stakes for me. Tristan? I just think it looks a cracking weekend of racing. It's uh, We've got high quality racing all around the trap. So I've got no special there to, to lock us into. But uh, yeah, what 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 a, what a autumn carnival we've got coming up. The, uh, the quality racing there with the two guineas, which uh, has certainly still got a lot of question marks whether they should be both on the same day. But uh, a couple of uh, favourite runners went down. So we'll see what happens with the other features this weekend. All right. Yeah. So I'm still uh, looking for something for Saturday. I've got something for today. It's race eight. So let's hope the podcast is up and Adam and uh, so what's that? 5.50, 4.50 Queensland time. Uh, 
So race eight, number 14, Chalante. It's been smashed in the market. J-Mac rides for Clary Connors, 460 into 230. But the speed runner's out, so chance to be closer to the speed. So um, that is one for today. And unfortunately, I haven't got one for Saturday just yet. So um, Jesus, just... I just about fell off my chair when you said you had something for today. And thank God it was race eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want to carry me around as well today? <laughs> Jimmy. No, Jimmy, at seven fifty in the threes, I think he's already got enough weight. Yeah, what's um, what's your line on Dark Chill? Just out of interest, it might be different to my line and the assessors at Top Sport. No, <laughs> Jimmy, just stay right away, please. Just uh, just watch the TV. Okay. I think I'll be uh, coaching the Camden Rams under nines when that jumps, so I might have to just say, "All right, kids, just do a lap." <laughs> Waiting for the for the late injury uh, update from the Camden Rams as well. And I believe there's been a couple of question marks and a couple of key players there. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I believe there may well be a medical sighting. There, there just has been a call from the school. Uh, yes, that uh, x-ray will be needed. And I'll be doing that uh, straight after this one. So <laughs> a little bit of collateral damage uh, yesterday just from a little game of touch footy. But anyway, that happens. Uh, that happens. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Uh, we've got a couple of lunch bets on as well, which we uh, like as well. Uh, round two of the National Rugby League and, of course, uh, a great weekend of racing as well. Enjoy it, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Take care. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.